Welcome to the Food Talk Show with Feelin' and Braggy, and I think we're going to call this one episode number one. This is day one, post 30 from 30. Chris Bragg, how are you, my man? I'm living the dream. I've, uh, I've enjoyed our little little break in between the 30, uh, 30 from 30. Um, yeah, that 30 from 30 was intense, so the few days off, um, didn't mind that, to be honest. It was pretty good. It was fantastic, mate. Looking back, I, I reckon we did a ripping job, learned a heap, um, and I'm excited to get into episode number one. Well, look, mate, to be completely honest, I've got no problems in giving at least myself a pat on the back. You, I think, need to pick up your game. I was awesome. Well, I was about to say, one thing that you know, I did <laughs> realise from the 30 on 30 is I don't ask you how you're going. So how are you going? Oh, mate, yeah, look. Dream living goal kicking doing well. Thank you for asking. Fantastic, mate. Good to hear. I don't know how you can sit there and say that you don't ask me, like you've just realized that you don't ask me how I am because I brought that up, I think, twice in the 30 from 30. Yeah, well, I need a bit of reflective practice. It's, you know, ex- exposure to these things. You know, the more times it happens, the more likely I am to uh, remember that they're there. So. Right, okay. So you just want me to like twist the knife a little bit Perfect. every time? Yeah, and I'm great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Good. Good. Maybe I just put that in straight into the intro. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the food talk show with Field and Braggy, and I am fine. Thank you for Braggy asking. That's 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 what we can do from now on. <laughs> I like it. I like it, mates. Um, right. So let's um, let's get straight into it. What do we? What to? What what should the listeners expect from today's episode, mate? We've got a few things running today, which I'm pretty pretty excited for. We've had a ton of uh, listener feedback, so we've got a heap of questions. We're going to do a basics with Braggy, where we cover the bechamel sauce. Um, I'm also going to ask you what's cooking this week, so um, that'll be interesting. Is this, is this the bit where I get to talk about um, that amazing dish that I cooked? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, I, I just not, love the passion that you bring with it. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. We're going to go there. Quality. Like Jamie Oliver, Gordon Ramsay, Curtis Stone, yep. the Chris Braggs of the world. Like you know those those amazing best best level chefs. Yep. You know, mate, this would have this would have um, right this would have ticked all those boxes. Perfect. Oh. Perfect. Mate, I'm going on MasterChef. Look, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing you on MasterChef. I'm going to hold you to that right on the clock. <laughs> oh, um, no. You've got 24 hours to put the application in. They're not taking applications, are they? No. Oh, you've got to make it happen. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll send them an email. I'll send them an email and then thou shalt not be robocop Done. Perfect. Mate, right. um, we're also going to talk. Um, we've got a little bit of a segment. We're going to go um, straightening the wooden spoon. So <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> This isn't a bag out for me being a Parramatta Eels supporter, is it? No, no. <laughs> or, or we could go set the wooden spoon, wooden spoon straight. So that's like, you know, a few, set, you know, food set. Anyway, I'm not going to work with that. And anyway, the last one is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little segment on um, on nutrition um, and we'll, we'll finish that up. So, yeah, a few things there to go, mate, which is which is fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Well, mate, let's jump straight in. What's, what was that first listener question you had? Question number one is about cow's milk. Is it necessarily and do you think it's ethical? Which is Right. Well, me as just a, like a, as a layman, a non-dietitian, yep. a bloke who um, has an interest in food and the, the effects on the body, yep. um, look, I reckon it probably is necessary, maybe not, but beneficial, yes. Mm-hmm. Ethical, um, look, there's... there's there's that's that's a that's a debate that could go on for a while oh absolutely i would love to think that the majority of cow's milk sourced would be ethical but i'm quite aware and astutely uh, i i understand that there's there's plenty of unethical uh ways of of drawing milk from a cow at the same time so is it necessary probably not is it beneficial yes 
Okay. But tell me, man, as a, as a, as a dietitian, nutritional study scientist man with a lab coat, Look, Tell me, is, is it ethical? The, and both these questions are quite um, subjective. Like they, they could be, they could be answered in many ways, and there's no right or wrong answer. Um, I'm going to say yes, it is necessary, um, mainly for the fact of the calcium content within milk. Um, milk's quite nutritious in the sense that it's got a lot of protein, it's got a lot of. Um, a lot of fats in it, depending on what type of milk you get in there. Um, it has a high nutritional content. It's got a bucket load of calcium in it. Um, and it pretty much... There's other ways to source calcium though, isn't there? Yeah, but your body needs a fair amount of calcium. And I'm, I will talk about calcium later on in my Nutting Out Nutrition segment, um, which we'll go into it. <coughs> Hang on, sorry, trip. sorry. What, what are we calling that segment? Nutting. You haven't, you haven't told me what we're calling it. Nutting Out Nutrition. There you go. Do you like it? Food puns all around. So hang on. So just so I'm really crystal clear... We're calling it Nutting Out Nutrition, and our first segment is a white liquid. Yeah, it could be. It's about calcium. Absolutely. <clears throat> Back on track, Michael. <laughs> 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 yes. Uh, so the mind of a 12-year-old at it right here. Yeah, absolutely. So calcium is one of those things in the body. It's, it's vital, um, and without uh, dairy sources, it's, it's going to be pretty hard to get your... Um, daily intake requirements without without being very conscious about what you're supplementing with and what you're taking instead of dairy um, su- uh, dairy items and such. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I think it is necessary. Um, and one of the things that like I've been thinking about that question, I've had a couple of weeks to ponder on it as well, is that we're talking about the Western world, uh, a slightly privileged world when it comes to our food content, um, and we have the luxury of being able to choose what we can and can't consume, if you know what I mean. Um, but there's starving children over in the world that would uh, significantly benefit from a glass of milk per day. It's, it's high in energy, it's high in protein, it's high in calcium, um, but if you've got a, an alternative diet, like seeds and lentils and almonds and leafy greens, they all have calcium in them, yeah? Yeah, but very, very minuscule amounts per 100 grams in comparison to dairy. Yeah, right. So what you're saying is yeah. although there are alternatives out there, yeah. this is probably the best, most efficient way of yeah. calcium. And you look at population groups, and this is going to go a little bit sort of public healthish. but you look at pop- population groups outside us, we're affluent, middle-aged, we're going to be pretty good with most of our diets. We consume enough. If anything, we overconsume in our in our um, uh, Western world. But you know, you go go overseas, go to uh, third world countries um, where they don't have access to food at all, um, and then protein from a milk becomes essential to life. You know, we're talking about pe- the difference between people dying. There's there's th- there's a couple of you know uh, protein malnutrition, which is very very common. So a glass of milk in another another environment is becomes vital. So it's kind of it's kind of necessary. It's absolutely necessary. Even in the Western world, when you look at elderly people, um, they quite often go through a process of muscle loss after a traumatic experience or even in the hospital. Um, and one of the first things that we do is put them on a dairy based uh, supplement because it's it's going to provide them with a hell of a lot of protein that's going to keep them. Um, from losing any more muscle mass, which is vital to positive health outcomes. So my answer, in short, yes, necessary. Ethical, that's another story. Another story that you've gone quiet on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, was just, I was just making sure you were on the line there. I was like, mm. I kind of went on <laughs> a rant there. 
you were you were going off tap, man. I was, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was just listening contently, just sitting here, uh, just trying to understand everything that you were saying there, making sure it didn't go over my head. Yep. Uh, no, no, all good. Understand what you're saying. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. So, but what if you're? So, tell me if you're if you're non-dairy. Yep. What alternatives you got? Um, I'll talk. So you, I'll talk about those later on. I've got a whole list of things, so I'm gonna I'm gonna steer away from them now. Um, but I've I've got a big list of in. Uh, references to go off um, about uh, calcium sources for those people that aren't taking dairy products. So that's going to come in the nutting out nutrition? Yep, exactly right. Yep. And we're going to talk about seeds. <laughs> Perfect. So the, eth- <laughs> the ethical part of it, moving right along, feeling, your child. <laughs> um, look, I find it's ethical. Um, other people won't. Um, I think whether something's ethical or not is an individual's preference. Um, yes, there's a process in which a cow is weaned um, or a calf is weaned from its mother, which some people may consider as unethical. Um, I don't necessarily believe that way. If the meat's being used properly, if the animal's being treated fairly, and most of dairy farmers I know are bloody good people um, and I don't have any drama recommending their services. Um, once again, we've all seen the shock horror movies, um, floating around of people that treat animals poorly, that then becomes unethical. Um, yes. Mind you, we could debate this. Anyone, I'm happy to hear your point of view on this. Um, but these these are highly debatable topics. My opinion and my views are going to be completely different to someone else's, therefore creating um, a bit of a rift, if you know what I mean. Nice little disclaimer there. Yeah. Yeah. So Perfect. All right. Yeah. So... That's that's our opinion on cow's milk and necessary and, and ethical and, yeah, and, and our thoughts on that. And we'll, right we'll move on to the next section. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Basics with Braggy. How are you, Michael? Dream living goal kicking, my man. Perfect. What are we talking about today? We're talking about bechamel sauces. Take me through it. What is it? What do you know? A be- right, we're teaching me a bechamel sauce is a it's a, it's a white sauce. It's like a milk, um, milk based onion thingy, um, and it's got like one of those rooks, rooks, ruse, ruse. It's got a roux in it, which is like flour and butter. Ha! Correct. Sucking. Yes. You're, you're, you're right. You're basically on the ball with that, my friend. Um, another question: What is a studded onion? A studded onion. Yes. That is an onion who is dressed up, ready to go out to the capital. Uh, had a few pre-drinks and is looking to pick up. Perfect. <laughs> no, that is not a studded onion, my friend. Although it may be referred to a stud in onion. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, so a studded onion. Let's go through the basics of a bechamel sauce. You are absolutely correct. It is a white sauce. It is also made from a roux. A roux is a thickening agent of butter and flour. The studded onion is where you get an onion and you put bay leaves and you put the cloves through the bay leaves into the onion to stud the onion. That then goes into a, a pot of milk, which you bring to the simmer, um, and then you use your roux to thicken the milk. Right, and so bechamel sauce, obviously most known for lasagnas, but what else do you use it in? Look, it's one of the five mother sauces for French cookery, so it's it's pretty versatile. Um, Hashtag reference to 30 from 30. <laughs> absolutely, we've talked about this before. Um, it's, it's used for a whole lot of things. Um, basically, you can you can throw whatever you like from it, but uh, it's quite often used for things like tuna mornay, um, mornay sauces, just put over Gross. vegetables, Gross. Um, pasta bakes. Yeah, okay, right. I can, I can jump on board with the pasta bake. Who doesn't love some carbs? Vegetable bakes. 
You can make a parsley sauce, add some parsley in it, which would be delicious over fish, um, pies, chicken pie, fish pie. Okay, so out of all of that, I'm just going to say by the sounds of it, I'm not a huge fan of the bechamel sauce apart from the lasagna. Yeah, right. Have you tried all these other things? I've tried some, obviously. Like, who's who's know, made the bechamel food. sauce for you? That's a trick question. You know that you have. And and what? So you don't like you saying you don't like my food? <laughs> you, well, you, you haven't just told me on like, our podcast you don't like my food. You're, you're, you're an asshole. <laughs> Saying now because you use a swear word, we have to put an explicit yeah. sign. Excuse on. me. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna teach you the basics for braggy anymore. I'm not gonna teach you how to make this. This can go to our listeners, not you. I'm not, I'm oh. gonna pretend you're not there. You're not a very no, nice person. A tuna mornay, like uh, a, a, an old partner of mine, her grandmother made a tuna mornay for us, and to be honest, it, it wasn't it, I didn't love it. Yeah, well it's like all these things. Uh bechamel sauce that's made properly is freaking phenomenal. Um and most people don't make it properly. Most people just add milk, flour, and butter together and mix it together and it tastes like shit. Um That being said, most people aren't chefs. Yeah, exactly right. That's why we've got the basics and braggy, so we're gonna go through it. Right. Perfect, right up. Run me through it. First, Let's go. First thing you're going to do, Michael, is you're going to grab two pots out. The first pot is for your milk, to warm your milk up. The second is to make your brew. You do need to cook your brew, okay? Right, okay. So into your pot of water, yeah, into your pot of milk, sorry, you're going to add a studded onion, which is? Um, onion with cloves and bay leaves yes. shoved in it. Perfect, and a few peppercorns, yep. right? And peppercorns, right, sorry. Yeah, gonna... Good. Oh, I am listening. I am listening. I am completely engaged and by all means not on Facebook. Perfect. Well, <laughs> get back to the point. So anyway, you're gonna you're, you're gonna make those things. You're gonna warm them up, and then you're gonna make a brew. So that's equal quantities of butter and flour. You're gonna heat that in a pan um, until right. it changes color a tiny little bit. Then you're gonna ladle. Yeah, so you told me once that you can have different yep. um, colors. There's like a white. Like I remember thinking it was very um, anti redheads. Yeah, it was like it's white, blonde, and and like brown. Brown or brunette, exactly or right. Yep. That's a, probably a perfect way of every hair color other than red. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, you're exactly right. right. Um, what we're aiming for is just a white one or a blonde one with this one. We don't want to cook it too much. Um, basically, what that refers to is how much you cook and how much the how much the color changes um, in in the root. So then, what we do is we ladle in through a sieve the. Um, the milk into the roux and we stir it out. So just one spoonful at a time and you stir, stir, stir off the heat because then it's going to, it will stop the lumps from forming. Okay. So that's another thing that we're going to stop from doing. Once you, once you get flour and you add a liquid to it, it will encapsulate the flour and cause the lumps. Right? And we don't want that. No. So then once that's thick, you add it back to the heat, bring it to the boil, take it off again, add another ladle, rinse and repeat until all your milk's in there. Um, and that's basically how you make a roux. Uh, white sauce. Ah. Yeah, so hopefully you can go and make one. I'm going to put a recipe up for the the uh, the what sauce, and I expect you to make one, and I expect you to make something that you haven't made before and make it deliciously. Well, give me some other options apart from tuna mornay and lasagna. Yeah, right. Well, you've got any pasta sauce, so you might want to put some chicken and some mushrooms. Uh, no. no, I'm not going to do a pasta sauce because I make an awesome carbonara. Why would I? Why would I mess with something that's perfect? Well, it's not a carbonara. This, the one we're making is not a carbonara. Anyway, I know it's not a carbonara, but that's fine because my carbonara is better than this. 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 What, a, what about so a, that's not... What about a chicken pie? No. Why not? Chicken pie. You make it. Chicken pies are delicious. I'm not saying they're not delicious. I'm just saying they sound like a lot of work. 
So you're just I'm a lazy cook. Yeah, lazy. this is the problem. This is the problem. People don't know how to cook, and they're also lazy. It would taste phenomenal, be very nutritious, but people won't take the time to do it. If you send me a recipe for a chicken pie, I'll do it. All right, perfect. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm not having a recipe though. Perfect. Right, I'll document the thing and yep. yeah, we'll from see there. how messed up my kitchen gets because. I'm a messy cook too. That's it. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up. So that's the Bechamel sauce. Um, hang out for the little bit of a recipe and and feeling chicken pie. <laughs> this is gonna be bloody interesting. We're not, we're not gonna do this with every basics of with Braggy. You're not gonna like make me cook something, are we? No, no. <laughs> yeah, he says yeah. no. But really I'm gonna stitch you up. <laughs> <laughs> right, basics with Braggy. All sorted. Thanks for that, Christopher Bragg. Well, let's go straight into another question anyway. We've got another question here, and it's a quick, easy one. Your best toasted sandwich. Keep it simple. I don't like this question. Oh, no. See, see no, nah, I don't like this question because this isn't, this isn't a quick question. There's two – for me, there's two schools of thought here. Yep. You either have a classic yep. thick-cut white bread, toasty, tasty cheese, yep. butter on the outside, rich, golden, sandwich-pressed, bloody yep. Yep. toasted sandwich. Or you go like – Next level, and you, you make like the best toasted sandwiches the day after uh-huh. a big barbecue. So you've got leftover pork, and you've got leftover lamb, and you've got leftovers everything. You can chuck all that sort of stuff in there, uh-huh. uh, and, and then you like get some like you know some like sauerkraut or something. You throw that in there, and you get some like Swiss cheese, and you throw that in there. And I'm pretty much just making a Reuben. I like Reuben. <laughs> so what are you going to go to? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go today. I'm gonna to go like the I'm gonna go the the feeling the feeling version of a leftover barbecue Reuben. Right. Okay. That's my that's my ultimate toasted sandwich. Toasted sandwich. Yep. Yeah. Because it's cheesy. It's meaty. Yeah. No. That's that. I love it. You get a pickle in there. Oh, and a bit of hot sauce, like the tiniest little bit, just to give it some heat and that like that tang of the of the chili. hot sauce over a hot mustard. Oh yeah, yeah there point. you go. There you go. Good point. Touche. No, I'll take I'll take a hot seeded mustard actually. Perfect. Hot seeded mustard. Perfect. Yep. Done. Done. Ben, put a nail in that one for me. What's yours? Club sandwich. Oh yeah, we've touched on this yeah. again before. It was one of the first things I remember, and this is where the food memories come in. I love it. The club sandwich I made at TAFE. I was about uh I think it was 16, first year apprentice. It was one of the things um we were learning how to make mayonnaise actually. Um and the we we made the mayonnaise and then we we're going to use it, so we made club sandwiches. And a club sandwich is a three-layered sandwich with chicken, uh lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, a bit of mustard, and bacon. And you, mm. you layer it in, so and cheese as well. So oh. you've got like you've got your salad layer, and then you've also got your your meat layer, your chicken, bacon, and cheese layer. Um, a nice homemade mayonnaise. It is phenomenal, and that's that's my answer, basically. Did you did you ever see? There's a Friends episode. Uh, it's a Thanksgiving episode, uh, and the day after Thanksgiving, Ross has like a he has like the leftovers. And his sister Monica makes the makes this double decker sandwich with a soaked piece of bread that's like been soaked in like the leftover gravy. Mm-hmm. And he calls it a moist maker. I've always wanted to know how that would go, but in a toasted sandwich. Yeah, right. No, I haven't. So I haven't seen that, that episode, that, but oh, I, do, I really feel like that could be like a thing we need to try. Is can we make that moist maker sandwich into a toasty? Well, maybe we need to watch the episode together, and we can uh, we can we can sort it out. Let's do it. Done. Keen. Another Facebook sort of. lie for us. <laughs> Mate, I've got to tell you, I didn't like the last one. My dad still talks about that. I was talking to the old man yesterday. 
and we're telling him that we we're going to do some recording and stuff today. And um, yeah, he asked when uh, the next comedy special was going to be on. Perfect. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. This is great. This is great. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll wrap that question on. And uh, the Reuben sandwich is Michael's yeah. choice. The club sandwich is yeah. my choice. If you haven't had a Reuben sandwich or a club sandwich and you see it on a menu, get around it. They are phenomenal, delicious sandwiches. Oh, top tip though. I guarantee you most RSLs are going to have a club sandwich on a lunchtime. Oh, the Wagga RSL. Wagga RSL, club sandwich. I remember it was like... Oh, we always used to go there for lunch. I'm pretty sure we used to go there together, didn't we? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Because you weren't, you were, you'd um, you'd absconded from school, and we'd go in our in our free periods. Five dollar club sandwiches downstairs. Yeah, five dollar dues. Play a couple of games downstairs. Yep. Yeah, no, no. I mean, um, without throwing any of our friends under the bus, but there was a handful of us that would um, skip a class or two every now and then and go play some pool at the local Ari. Nothing wrong with that. We're plenty wrong with that. Kids stay in school. Exactly. Braggy's there is out there promoting, you know, ditching school. But no, stay in school, kids. Get an education. Good one, Bragg. You're meant to be a role model. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our next segment. What's cooking? Good looking. <laughs> God, that, that's 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 intense. Nah, that's I'm doing it. That's great. So that's, that's your thing, now? Yep, absolutely. Feeling. What'd you cook this week, man? I made, and I've already referenced it a couple of times on the show today. I made the world's best carbonara. Perfect. We had it. It was phenomenal. I've already told you about it. Yep. I was so excited, and then you challenged me on it, mate. I tell you, this is the one. Take me through it. If you're gonna have a date night. With a, with a special friend, a lady friend, a man friend, depending on who you are, your gender, whatever you do, that's a significant other. Mm-hmm. Don't care how you swing. Good for you. But this is what you cook. You pair it with a nice dry red and you, you follow my you follow this carbonara recipe. You go, you've gone for a dry red. Dry red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't like sweet reds, but it, I, I think it pairs well with it. Not a white? You, you're going for a red over a white? I like a red. I like a red. To me, whites are whites are too mellow. Even the dry whites are a bit too mellow. I like a, like the strong flavour of the red. You mix it with the carbonara. Cool. I, I, I think it's a good win. All right, mind you, I am no sommelier. Um, I'm no Davidson. I don't. I don't. <laughs> he's, call, he's, he's called you on pairing before as well, actually. Oh yeah, I know he has. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so but, ta- he, but he doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Step up your game, Davo. <laughs> right, so take me through it, feeling. What what was this carbonara? How'd you make it? I, this carbonara, it's it's simple, it's quick. It took me like no more than 20, 25 minutes to make this. And I had it at a sit-down dinner with uh, with my partner and she loved it and I loved it and now I'm a best now I'm the best chef in the world. Perfect. So right. So start it all off, you've got to get your prep right. You get you gotta get yourself nine cleans, nice clean kitchen, sharpen up your knives, do all of that. Recommend. Good to go. Then you need three large egg yolks. Not the whites, toss the yolk the whites away, don't care what you do with them, put them in a protein shake. Yep. Whatever. Don't care. Don't need them. Get rid of them. You want the three egg yolks. Good room temp as well. You don't mm-hmm. want them ice cold. So egg yolks, three egg yolks. Uh, you want like, I don't know, I like it kind of like cheesy. Mm-hmm. So, but it, you do it to taste, um, but you use a Parmesan cheese, a nice bitey Parmesan cheese, mm-hmm. and you grate like a finely, finely grate on that. Yep. You've got, um, most carbonaras, they call for like a pancetta. Yep. I use bacon mm-hmm. because... Well, I just liked the streaky bacon and it was on special coals. So <laughs> I bought that. 
But streaky bacon, I find the, the streaky bacon, it, it crisps up better because it's got like that more fat in it mm-hmm. than, than, the, than the middle bacon. Yep. I'm not a huge fan of bacon. So you dice that up nice and fine too. You get a good chunk of spaghetti, just dried spaghetti. Mm-hmm. You need some garlic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like things pretty garlicky too. So I use like two solid big cloves of garlic and mince them in. Yep. Um, and, then, and, then it's, and then it's just olive oil. Is, is and that that's that's your ingredient list. That's all you need to make this. Perfect. Um, I mean, and if if you're like trying to do the gluten free thing, you get gluten free pasta that sort of stuff. Yep. But you can modify this to, to suit your needs. Yeah, cool. So you take your egg yolks, put them in a bowl. You get um, like sort of about you know a, a good chunk, like forty or fifty grams of, of your parmesan, yep. and you finely grate that into the into the egg yolks. What, and you see, what do you use to finely grate it? I know there's a special tool for it. What do you use? Oh, uh, I don't remember the the name of it. It's like a I, like a sorry, I, I didn't realize you didn't know, but the microplane is what you're talking about. Yep, yep. Thank you. Yes, yep. use a microplane because that gives you a much finer grate than what you would with one Absolutely. of those just standard graters like that you'd use for veggies or a harder cheese. I'm actually going to put a link up for a microplane as well. So beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, continue on. Sorry, love it. Yeah, so yeah, use your microplane so you get like a really mm-hmm. fine fine in there because what what it's what it's going to do it's going to it's going to break down and melt into the pasta and help create yeah, the sauce. That's is, what I was looking this, for. This isn't this. Well, there's no there's no tomato based sauce in this. There's no there's no bechamel sauce or white sauce in with it as well. It's, it's very much a um, so the, the sauce is made with the with the egg, the cheese, and a, and a bit of the actual. Actually, what you're also going to use is a is and I haven't gotten the part yet, but you, you scoop a little bit of the water out of the yep. Um, yep. of the pasta and you use some of that. Yeah, um, nice. It's, it's phenomenal. So you want so it anyway, nice, nice, nice and fine, so the the parmesan sticks to the pasta. Yes, perfect. That's exactly what you want. Cool. Right, cool. and so then. Cook up your uh, cook up your your bacon. So we, haven't, your, we haven't cooked anything else yet. This is the start. Oh well, look. Okay, sorry. You know, good. I'm new to the teaching people recipes game, so you need to pull me up on some things like that. Get your water boiling to a, to a nice to a, to to get your pasta cooking, get your pasta going. At the same time, fry off your bacon, get that going. Throw your throw your garlic in there mm-hmm. and get it all all nice and um, all nice and crispy. All right, you might need to use a little bit of oil, but I find with the streaky bacon, if you're going to use streaky bacon, there's enough fat in that that you don't need to be adding more oil to something that's already quite fatty and going to be quite oily anyway. Yep. Um, once that's cooked, off the heat, turn the heat off. You don't need it anymore on the on the bacon. It's, it's there. Just make sure it's movable around, nothing stuck to the pan. Yep. When your pasta's finished cooking, throw your pasta in with the bacon and stir it all around, mm-hmm. and that's going to pick up oils and the fats and things in that, and you're going to get that nice flavor. You remember, you've minced your garlic in, and you've got your garlic in there already as well. So it's starting to get there. You need to keep. I, I kept about a cup, but didn't quite use a cup of the um, of the water from the from the pasta sauce yep. uh, from the cooking the pasta. Sorry, mm-hmm. and mind you, cooking pasta, bit of olive oil, bit of salt, help with the um, help with the cooking process and yep. keeping it all. You know, what's the word? Viable. Loose, Loose, not stuck together. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, do all that. Keep yourself about a cup of that pasta of the pasta water. Mm-hmm. Right. Then what you're going to do? You're going to take the fry pan mm-hmm. with your pasta in it, your bacon in it, and then you're going to get a fork. Mm-hmm. Okay, fork in, a, in, your, in your bowl with your eggs and your, and your parmesan and your pepper. Mm-hmm. Mix the hell out of it. All right, and then you're just going to slowly push it all through there. Now, remember, you're off the heat, so you're not adding any yeah. extra heat to the... There's heat on this. What you're going to do is scramble your eggs. Yep. No one wants scrambled uh, eggs okay. in a carbonara. Yep. So you put it in and you just slightly turn it around. Just keep moving the pasta and the eggs and the, pan, and the, and the, and the bacon all through. Yep. Adding very, very slowly because remember, you can't. Once you add something, you can't take it out. It's much easier to continue to add things. What it is to pull things out, you can't do that with something like water. Yep. Um, so slowly add in your pasta water. Keep tossing it around. Make sure it soaks it all up. 
you'll know when you've got enough because that pasta is going to be nice and really glossy. Mm -hmm. There'll be no lumps because your eggs wouldn't have cooked. The eggs would have been gently and moved through all the pasta as well. And then you serve up, plate up. So you just want to twist it around, plate it all up. You want to finally grate some more parmesan on there if you've got any left over. I didn't because I got greedy and, um, and uh, didn't have any left. But, yeah, salt, pepper, and then you're good to go. Serve it up, nice red, job done, Mate, carbonara. That sounds fantastic. That sounds yes. fantastic. And as a seg- segue into our next one, we had a little bit of a discussion about this. Um, I don't want to give too much away for our next segment, but uh, I was right and you were wrong. I disagree. Oh, sorry. It was the wrong way. Here I am. I was right. You were wrong. That's how vain I am. You were right and I was wrong. <laughs> I know, apologize. Right. That's the second time that I was wrong. <laughs> oh, the, the second yeah. time. Yeah, right. All right. Rachel Bragg, I'm calling you out. Where you at? <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave that one there and we'll move on to our next section. But that sounds fantastic. Um, viewers, Ed, I, I back it in. He's he's done a phenomenal job on making this one and describing it for you guys. So I hope that's got the taste buds rolling. Um, but yeah, give it a try. Carbonara endorsed by the best chef in Wagga Wagga Righto, today on setting the wooden spoon straight. Firstly, Braggy. Explain to me how we're going to set a wooden spoon straight. What are we talking about? How, wooden spoons are straight. Yeah, I know. I knew you were going to do this. No, they're not because the spoon part of it's curved. So they're not straight. They're curved. They're rounded. You're an asshole. <laughs> again. You've just... <laughs> oh, oh, you done it again. Two. <laughs> Two swear words. Two swear words. <laughs> I've done... We're going to have... We're going to have a donation for every swear word I think we say. I think we have to like donate a dollar to somebody. <laughs> I didn't swear through the whole 30 or 30. I did not swear and I've gone for two, I know. two oh, swear words. Uh, 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 no, I think you did. I think there was a couple of episodes there. Was there? I think it was an F-bomb. Oh, oh, oh no. I, must I think have, you were naughty. must have been passionate about something. So, right. Um, right. So, on today's setting the wooden spoon straight, which is an interesting analogy unto itself, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Well, let's change it. Setting the wooden spoon curved. <laughs> let's call it that way. <laughs> let's do the opposite of straight and go curved. Okay, so we literally moments ago had a kind of conversation about how we waffle on and we need to be more succinct and we've wasted so much time on this. All right, let's get on to it. So <laughs> we were back in Wagga a week ago and every Monday we go down to the Thirsty Crow for delicious milk stout. It's a tradition. Stout Mondays. Milk stout Mondays, we call them. They're fantastic. We go down there, $6 pints, I'm pretty sure. Don't. Get, I'm sorry if I've got that wrong. Um, and we enjoy a nice beer. We've been doing this for quite some time. And Phelan was talking about his carbonara. And I was like, Oh, Hashtag right. best carbonara ever. It, it sounds. Honestly, it's 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 the lady impressor. Men out there, single men who are going to have a first date. Mm-hmm. We talked about it in our thirty from thirty. Like you know the like the places to go on first dates and not to go on first dates. Yep. Take them to the house. Make sure your house is clean. Clean the toilet, boys. Mm-hmm. Make sure your house is clean. Cook my carbonara. It's a winner. Perfect. No, sorry, just just throwing it out there that I'm an amazing cook. Keeping it concise. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we had this little discussion about the carbonara and um, we talked about whether mushrooms have a place in the carbonara. Um, Which they do not. Yeah, apparently they don't. Um, and we also talked about our Fredo um, and the differences. Let's just wipe back. Who 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 said mushrooms were part? Who said mushrooms made a carbonara? Yeah, I, I was completely wrong. I was sort of. Who was that? No, no, no. Who was it? That was, was it? that was me. 
And tell me, tell me, carbonara. And mushrooms or no mushrooms? I've brought shame onto my family. I'm about to fall onto my sword. Oof, oof. <laughs> yes. You are, you are right. I was wrong. Um, I did a little bit of research into it. And for some yeah, reason... Sorry, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like a little bit embarrassed actually because all these years I've been cooking, cooking in commercial kitchens and carbonaras for some reason have just... For my mind, I've always had mushrooms in them. And I did a little bit of research and they're not. Unlucky, my friend. Unlucky. Uh, yep. So I originally thought that a carbonara was a mushroom-based sauce. Also, That's okay. That's okay. You just thought wrong. And then I also thought that <laughs> the... <laughs> Cocky mother... Yeah. Bad word. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, we need a beat. I thought the inverse of that was the um the Alfredo, which didn't have basically didn't have the mushrooms, which I was also wrong on. Um, because it's more of a vegetarian bursting. So I did a bit of research throughout the week and I've um come up with a bit of setting the wooden spoon straight of carbonara, Alfredo sauce. Let's get it right. So what do we already know about these things, Michael? That Michael makes the best carbonara ever. Perfect. And there's no mushrooms in carbonara. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> you're correct. Am I wrong? Am no, I exactly you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Also, Alfredo is very buttery, parsley, creamy. Yep. That. That's what I know about Alfredo. Perfect. So they're both they're both pasta sauces and they're both talent. Would you agree? Um, sure. Perfect. Well, they are. I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't. I don't know if they're both Italian. So I, I, I'm trusting you that they are. Right, so after my research, they are. After my research, I've, I've, I've come up with uh, the carbonara, um, and you've, you've nailed it. It's, it's basically cheese, egg, um, a cured meat, and a, a, a pepper. Yep. All right. So yeah. as, you, as you've already described, um, delicious. Now, the Alfredo is more along the lines of butter, minced garlic, or it, it, it's a bit of debatable. There's a bit of, bit of debate here. See, some people say it was just butter and parsley, um, and then other recipes call for butter, parmesan, parsley, garlic, and pepper as well. So there's a bit That's of... That's the one I know. Yeah, yeah. So um, more of a sort of a vegetarian. It doesn't have the meat, both of which don't have mushrooms. Um, I'm embarrassed to admit I was wrong, but now, mm-hmm. now I know. <laughs> Fungi free. And that's why we're here. Setting the wooden spoon straight. No mushrooms in carbonara or Alfredo. Both delicious meals. Worth looking it up. Beautiful. Beautiful. Right, mate. Has your wooden spoon been straight? It indeed has. But apparently... It's now become a stick. (laughs) (laughs) Got rid of of the spoon part. The wooden spoon is now a stick. (laughs) You've now made a spoon. Indeed, I have. And that will wrap that segment up. Done. Right up. Wooden spoon set straight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our very first episode of Nutting Out Nutrition. In today's episode, I'm going to take you through the ins and outs of calcium. So calcium is an essential mineral um, found within the body and it's used primarily for bone development um, and tooth development. But it also plays a pretty big role in neuromuscular and cardiac function. So it's basically used within every cell of the body. So what happens if we don't have enough calcium in the body? Well, this often leads to the calcium deficiency disease called osteoporosis or porous bone. 
And this is where calcium is removed from the bone to maintain calcium levels in the blood. And as a result, the bone becomes quite weak, porous, and often leads to fractures. However, it's not just calcium that comes into play. There's other things like um, sunlight exposure and vitamin D that also um, have a factor on osteoporosis. So why is calcium important in the diet? Well, basically, calcium, once it's ingested, goes through the digestion process and then it enters the bloodstream. Um, and if the body recognizes that calcium levels in the blood have dropped, it will pull calcium from the bones and break down calcium from the bones um, to replace the calcium in the blood. And this is how we lead to osteoporosis. If the calcium in the blood's reduced for a prolonged period of time, well then the calcium is then drawn from the bones and then placed in the blood, making, making for weak bones. So where is calcium found? Calcium is often found in dairy and dairy-based products. Um, but smaller amounts have been known to be found in bony fishes, legumes, uh, nuts, and quite often um, fortified in soy products as well as cereals. So that's where uh, calcium has been added um, to the actual food itself. So how much calcium intake do we need? Well, this varies depending on what age you are and what sex you are, but the average Australian needs between 1,000 milligrams a day and 1,300 milligrams a day for females. Remembering that this intake changes for children um, and also pregnant ladies and lactating women as well. But if you're interested to find more, one of the best places to go find out this information is on a government website. It's www.nrv.gov.au and what they have there is a calculator where you can put in your age um, as well as your sex and it'll tell you how much calcium you need per day. So where do we get calcium from? Well, about 75% of the calcium in Australia is provided from milk and cheese products, so basically dairy products. However, there are also other sources of calcium, um, so green leafy vegetables, um, broccoli, um, you've got canned fish, salmons and sardines with the, with the bones in, quite often have high levels of calcium as well, um, and other, other vegetables as well, such as uh, cabbages, silver beans, or your green leafy vegetables, as well as nuts, have quite a lot of calcium in them as well. However, as I mentioned earlier, um, your dairy sources of calcium are, are probably the most nutritious. So as an example, a cup of plain yogurt has about 450 milligrams of calcium, whereas a cup of spinach has about 250 milligrams of calcium. So there's a fair difference there. You'd have to eat quite a lot of spinach to be able to meet the same standards, but it is possible to be able to get your calcium requirements without dairy. So what food items contain calcium? Well, first of all, the best sources are your dairy sources. So you're looking at cheese, your milks, any dairy sources are going to have quite high levels of calcium as well. But you've also got um, products that are fortified with calcium. So this is items that have had calcium added. Um, you've also got spinach, broccoli, green beans. You've also got things like tofu, almonds, prawns, sardines, um, and canned salmon as well are also very high in calcium. So if you have a combination of these foods, you should be able to meet your calcium requirements. If you're a vegetarian or a vegan and you don't eat dairy products, um, what should you do to get your calcium intake up to the recommended level? Well, first of all, it's all about knowing what your levels are. So as I mentioned earlier, jump onto the NRV's website, nrv.gov.au, I think it is, um, and pump in your details, find out how much calcium you need, and you can work backwards from there. Um, so there's a lot of information out there if you just Google how much calcium is, in, is within certain foods. Um, but I would 
definitely recommend having a look at some of the higher um, calcium content foods like your green leafy vegetables, um, legumes and nuts. Um, but also talk to a dietitian as well. So they're, they're, they're going to be able to sit down, work out your needs um, and then work out what you eat and build some strategies around how to uh, get enough calcium into your diet. Because if you do, um, if, you, if you've eliminated dairy products from your diet, um, you're most likely to be deficient in calcium. So how will I know how much calcium is in my food? One of the easiest ways to do this is to have a look at the information panel. So quite often these will have the calcium contents um, for processed foods. Unfortunately, whole foods obviously don't have this nutritional panel, um, but you can quite often just do a little Google research on whole foods and find out what food items have the highest level of calcium. And ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our first Nutting Out Nutrition. I hope you've enjoyed the segment and enjoyed the information about calcium. Would love your feedback. And if you're looking for any more detailed information, please seek out the advice of a dietitian. And if you don't know any, just let me know and I can put you in contact with one. And that wraps up our returning episode from the 30 from 30. You've been listening to the Food Talk Show with Phil and Braggy. We really, really appreciate your support in, uh, in our little podcasting endeavor. Um, just to recap, I mean, we went over some listener questions. We had some great ones, I thought, there, Braggy. Yeah, absolutely. It's always we good were... to have something to work off, so keep those coming. Yeah, in. definitely. Please do, please do to everyone who does write in or comments or uh, engages with us on our social media on the website. Please continue. We love hearing from you. Um, and please like, give us swing us some curveballs. Braggy loves a bit of research. He's all over it. Me, not so much, but I'll go give it a crack where I have to. Um, we also covered off the basics with Braggy. We did a bechamel sauce. Perfect. So let and it, we talked about studded onions. Studded onions. We'll have to let, it, let us know how you go. So what's your favorite thing to do with a bechamel sauce as well? Just so we can oh, have well. light and feeling. Well, it's not, I've still got to make a chicken pie yet, so don't forget to send me that recipe. I can't wait, and the viewers can't wait. The listeners can't wait either. <laughs> the, the, the listeners can't wait. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Surely not. They're Surely ready. no listener wants to see me cook a terrible, terrible chicken pie. You've got this. But man. anyway, we also we also talked about my amazing carbonara. Didn't we? No comments. We talked about it. No comments. Right. No. What do you mean no comments? <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. Get around it. Get around it. It's your first date go-to meal, boys. Get into it. Get a nice red wine with it as well. I recommend a dry red. The Fire and Vale down near Adelaide, they have some fantastic ones. Get amongst it. We also set a wooden spoon straight and made it into a stirring stick. Now tell me, Braggy, mushrooms in a carbonara? They have no place. No place. No place. <laughs> How about in an Alfredo? Mushrooms in Alfredo? No. No place. Feeling. This is an outro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> never, I was really, really excited because, you know. We're up to two minutes, goddammit. Send it out. <laughs> Righto. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much for your support. We really, really appreciate your time and, uh, and uh, love hearing from you all. Don't forget you can find us on Facebook, The Food Talk Show. You can find us on SoundCloud, Food Talk Show. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes as well. We also have a website, thefoodtalkshow.com. Also, feel free to send us an email, hello at foodtalkshow.com. From Phelan, I'm going to say sayonara and Chris Bragg. Toodaloo. (laughs) Uh, Merry (laughs) Christmas. (laughs) See you later, guys.